The History of College Football is a podcast dedicated to preserving the college football gridiron memories from years gone by. Please feel free to visit our website at historyofcollegefootball.com. Thank you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we discuss 35 moments of college football history that no one ever wants to see repeated. On our last episode, we covered number one to 17. These were from the year 1869 to 1939. So today, we will cover from 1940 to present day, 2023, numbers 18 to 35. These were the moments in college football that were difficult to watch, hard to comprehend, and we knew we never wanted to see them again. We will cover some of these moments, and please understand, they cover a broad range in the long history of college football. From the desolate to the tragic, from the lighthearted to the serious, and then from the ugly on the field performances to the heartbreaking deaths, both on and off the field. We cover moments in and around the gridiron history of college football that are difficult to discuss, never to be forgotten, and hopefully never to be repeated. Now, three points before we begin. First, this is in no way a complete list. Second, we will cover these events in chronological order, numbering them 1 to 35. And as I mentioned, today we will cover numbers 18 to 35 from 1940 to present day. Which brings us to point number three. We are not giving credence to order. In other words, understand we are not comparing these events. So picking up from last time, we're at number 18 in 1940, the true fifth down game. It occurred on November 16, 1940. Cornell, then the number two team in the nation, came in riding a 19-game winning streak, and they had forfeited this game over their arch-rival Dartmouth 7-3 after realizing its last second touchdown was scored on a fifth down. Now, I did a podcast back on this game, so let me give you the short-winded version. Entering the fourth quarter, Dartmouth broke a scoreless tie with a field goal and took a 3 to nothing lead. So the backdrop is this. With some 50-odd seconds left in the game, Cornell had the ball first and goal at the sixth, and what transpired kept this game in the headlines for the next week. First and goal from the sixth, Cornell hands off to fullback Mort Landsberg, and he goes forward for three yards. Second and goal from the three, Cornell hands off to halfback Walt Shore for a two-yard gain. So now it's third and goal from the one, and it's a quick handoff to Landsberg, who gains about six inches, leaving what? Fourth down. So it's fourth and goal from about the six-inch line, and Cornell gets flagged for delay a game. Referee Red Frizzell spots the ball just outside the five-yard line. Nine seconds left in the game. Schull tosses the ball to the end zone, and it's incomplete. And you would think the ball goes over on downs. Wrong. 
the linesman, Joe McKinney, singles, it is still Cornell's ball. Now, he concurs with Frizzell, and Frizzell had lost count on downs, so Frizzell concurs. Well, fourth and goal again. But this time, Scholl throws a touchdown pass, and the extra point is made, and Cornell wins 7-3. to three. Now, the press box was in an uproar because they saw that Cornell had five downs, not four, five. And after the game, it was clear. See, the game was filmed by both schools. So the next day, Red Frizzell watches the films, the last sequence of downs, sees his error, and contacts the commissioner, Asia Bushnell. Bushnell ruled that since the game was entered into the record books, the score stood. Well, when Edmund Day, this is the president of Cornell, was told of the error that Cornell was scoring on a fifth down, he, the athletic director and the coach, decided to forfeit the game and in turn forfeit a 19-game winning streak and the number two ranking. They couldn't accept a tainted victory. Number 19, in memoriam, the 1940 and 1941 Montana State Bobcats football team, 11 members were killed in World War II. Number 18, Heisman winner Niles Kinnick crashes his own plane during World War II to save lives. Legend of Niles Kinnick preserves to this day. He was known as the Cornbell Comet. He played for the Iowa Hawkeyes, and in 1939, Niall Kinnick won the Heisman Trophy. And his acceptance speech is regarded as one of the most eloquent ones ever given at the ceremony. On June 2nd in 1943, Kinnick died when he crashed his plane that was leaking oil instead of landing it and chancing the crew under Lexington to save their lives. He crashed his own plane. Number 21, the bizarre game in the Snow Bowl. Under whiteout conditions with five inches of snow blanking the field and the worst blizzard in 37 years in Columbus, Ohio, Michigan and Ohio State were forced to play under these conditions. Well, the result was that on November 25th, 1950, on that day, Michigan defeated Ohio State 9-3. to the blizzard conditions were so severe, it made for an uncompromising day, a day where the Wolverines did not make a first down, and no team had ever won a game after not making a single first down. The Buckeyes also had a record of four block punts that game. The winning score came with 40 seconds remaining in the first half. The Wolverines fell on the ball in the end zone after another block punt. Number 22. The 1951 San Francisco Dons were undefeated, untied, and uninvited. Following the 1951 season, the Orange Bowl offered the San Francisco Dons a bowl invitation, but the invitation came with an if. The white players were invited to go, as long as they left the two African-American players, whose names were Ollie Mastin and Bert Toller, behind. The Dons turned down the invitation. This was a loaded team. Ed Brown, Bob St. Clair, Joe Scudero, Gino Marchetti, Ollie Matston, and Ben Toller. In the season opener, they defeated San Jose 39-2 and then went on to just run the table, defeating Boise State, Pendleton Marines, San Jose State, Fordham, San Diego, Navy, Santa Clara, College of the Pacific, and Loyola. And they beat them all with double-digit spreads. Considered to be one of the best teams in the country, the Don 11, which included the two African-American players, Ollie Mastin and Bert Toller, did not participate in postseason play. Number 23, 
Alabama's Tommy Lewis comes off the bench to make a tackle. It, it occurred in the 1953 Cotton Bowl in a 28-6 Rice defeat of Alabama, and it was one of the most unusual plays in the history of college football. It occurred in the second quarter when the Rice Owl All-American running back Dickie Mogul takes a handoff at his own five-yard line. He cuts right, races down the sidelines, but when he crossed midfield, he was blindsided and tackled by Alabama's Tommy Lewis, who had come off the sidelines, off the bench, to make the tackle. Mogul was awarded the touchdown. Lewis, after the game, apologized and said, I kept telling myself I didn't do it, but I knew I did. Number 24. The greatest college football prank of all time, the great Rose Bowl hoax. And again, I did a podcast on this one. In 1961, during the halftime at the Rose Bowl, as a prank, Caltech students handed flip cards to Husky fans who unwittingly spelled out Caltech, and this was viewed by over 30 million watching on TV. The hoax was perpetrated or planned by a group of Caltech students known as the Fiendish 14 and led by a 19-year-old by the name of Lynn Hardy. They thought their college was being ignored during the events that led up to the Rose Bowl game, despite the proximity that school was to the Rose Bowl. They often played the home games there, Caltech. They were just a few miles away from campus. Well, before the game, the Phoenix 14 switched the flip cards that the cheerleaders handed out to the fans. Well, the prank was shown on NBC in front of 30 million fans who saw Washington spell out Caltech. Number 25. Northern Illinois held to minus 119 yards rushing. On November 11, 1967, Toledo defeated Northern Illinois 35 to nothing. As Northern Illinois set an NCAA Division I record as they were held to minus 109 yards rushing. In the first half, they were held to minus 67 yards rushing on 16 attempts as Toledo built a 21 to nothing lead. Now, every attempt was a loss of yardage in that first half for the game. Northern Illinois ran the ball 33 times, gained 22 yards, but lost 131 yards for a net total of minus 119 yards rushing for the day. Number 26, Wyoming's coach dismisses 14 African-American players. On Friday morning, October 17, 1969, the day before the BYU game, Wyoming coach Lloyd Eaton dismissed 14 African-American students for wanting to protest a Church of Latter-day Saints policy that prohibited Black men from becoming priests. The group were known as the Black 14. And when they appeared at the coach's office wearing Black armbands, they were dismissed from the team. The next day, Wyoming was set to play BYU. And BYU is owned and operated by the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. Now, in response to the dismissals, Wyoming Student Senate adopted a resolution that said, Coach Eaton's refused to grant a rational forum for discussion, choosing instead to degrade and arbitrarily dismiss each player. The resolution went on to say it expressed shock at the callous and sensitive treatment afforded the 14 black athletes. The actions of Coach Eaton and the Board of Trustees were not only uncompromising, but they were unjust and totally wrong. Number 27. A quarterback throws nine interceptions in a game. It happened on November 1st, 1969. And it was a game where Auburn had defeated Florida 38 to 12. The Florida quarterback, John Reeves, threw nine interceptions. That day, he happened to throw for an SEC record 66 times. And he completed 33 passes, 
for 369 yards, but it was those nine interceptions that he also threw. Now, ironically, in that game, he broke the SEC season record for yards, setting it at 2,115. Number 28, in memorial, remembering the 1970 Marshall football team, coaches, staff, and members of community. On November 14, 1970, Marshall lost to East Carolina 17-14. Flying back after the defeat, the plane with 75 people abroad, including Marshall's football team, coaches, staff, and members of the community, and flight crew crashed as it approached the Tri-State Airport in Huntington, West Virginia. There were no survivors. It was later determined that the plane encountered rain and fog, and that combined with instrument failure was the cause of the crash. The community was overwhelmed with grief, and the heartbreaking rebuilding of the football program became a symbol as Marshall moved forward. Number 29, coaching legend Woody Hayes throws an infamous punch. Late in the game during the 1978 Gator Bowl between Clemson and Ohio State, Clemson's Charlie Bauman intercepts and Arch leads to his pass and is tackled near the sidelines. It was then that coach Woody Hayes grabs Bauman from behind, turns him, and punches him. Woody Hayes was fired the next day. Bauman later said, he called me in my dorm room, no apology, merely a brief, respectful conversation. Number 30, the death penalty. SMU became the only school to receive the death penalty for recruiting violations. For two years, in 1987 and 1988, the team did not play. The 1987 season was canceled by the NCAA, and the 1988 season was canceled by SMU. Why? The school's football program was found guilty of massive and repeated violations of recruiting by the NCAA for its activities in the late 70s and early 80s. Number 31. The only team to lose a game on the last play of the game while leading and possessing the ball. This occurred on September 11, 1999, when UNLV defeated Baylor 27 to 24. It's one you just simply don't hear very often on any level of football, from peewee to high school to college to the NFL. Playing at home in front of over 32,000 fans, Baylor led 24 to 21 with eight seconds to play. Now, now follow this carefully. Baylor had the ball at the UNLV eight-yard line, and all they had to do was take a knee to secure the win. Instead, the Baylor coach, Kevin Steele, called for a running play, and Darrell Bush fumbles. UNLV's defensive end, Kevin Thomas, picks it up in the end zone, races down the sidelines, untouched for 100 yards, and it secured the stunning win for UNLV and a stunning loss for Baylor. Baylor infamously became the first team in the history of college football to lose a game on the last play while they were leading and they were possessing the ball. Number 32, the 80-game losing streak. Prairie View lost 80 consecutive games, 80, from 1989 to 1998, over a nearly 10-year span. It all started the week after October 28, 1989, when Prairie View a beat Mississippi Valley State 21-12. The following week, the losing streak began. The Panthers lost 19-18 to Langston and didn't win again until September 27, 1998, with a 
14 to 12 victory over that same Langston program. In fact, in that game, Prairie View stopped a two-point conversion in the final minutes to seal the game. The losing streak spanned 80 games, nearly 10 years. Number 33, the FIU Miami Brawl. The infamous brawl occurred in a Miami, Florida defeat of Florida International of 35 to nothing on October 14th, 2006. These two programs between two schools that are a mere nine miles apart between players who are familiar with each other were meeting for the first time ever. Playing in the Orange Bowl, the game was close. Miami was leading seven to nothing midway through the third quarter. The tension had been building all game and it finally reached a, well, boiling point. With nine minutes remaining in the second quarter, after a Miami touchdown pass increased the Hurricane lead to 13 to nothing, the Hurricane player who scored the touchdown waved to the FIU sideline and bowed. An unsportsmanlike penalty followed, and there was some shoving between the FIU defense and the Miami offense. This appeared to be the last straw. As Miami converted the extra point for 14 to nothing lead, a melee broke out between the special teams that very quickly turned very ugly. In fact, the announcer said this is ugly, very ugly. A bench-clearing brawl ensued. A helmet was used as a weapon. A player was punched in the throat. Another player was kicked in the head. Another player flipped. Police and state troopers had to come on the field to end the brawl. It took 15 minutes for the referees to decide how to resume play. And in that time frame, Miami fans celebrated the brawl. Fights erupted in the stands. And one of the TV announcers, who was Lamar Thomas, who pre previously played for the U back in the 1990s, said, you come into our house, you should get your butt kicked. Well, the brawl resulted in 31 suspensions, 18 from FIU, 13 from Miami, two FIU players were thrown off the team, and Lamar Thomas was fired. Number 34, 43 consecutive losses to a rival. Navy lost to Notre Dame 43 consecutive times, marking the longest consecutive win streak by one team over another in college football history. The last time Navy had defeated Notre Dame was the year Roger Storback won the Heisman. They did it again on November 3rd, 2007. 43 consecutive losses for Navy to Notre Dame. Well, on the day of the actual victory to snap the streak, Navy defeated Notre Dame in three overtimes, 46 to 44, ending the longest losing streak ever to a rival. And our last one, number 35, from second and goal to fourth down and 93 to go. What would be your play call? It's fourth and 93. Would you go for it if you were down 57 to 14? This actually occurred on September 10th, 2017, when Louisiana Trek trailed Mississippi State 57 to 14 in the fourth quarter, but had the ball on the two and faced second and goal against Mississippi State. Well, on second down, the snap went over the quarterback's head and rolled and kicked and was rolled and was kicked and eventually traveled 85 yards. Well, after the 85 yard loss, one play later, Louisiana Tech faced the fourth and 93 from their own seven yard line. They chose to punt. Mississippi State won the game. Well, thank you for listening to 35 moments of college football history that no one ever wants to see repeated. And thank you for listening to the history of college football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode.